Psalm 21. Psalm 21. Look at that tonight. Psalm 21. <laughs> Says this, we'll read all 13 verses. Psalm 21. Says this, the king shall in thy strength, the king shall the king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire, and hast not withholden the request of his lips. Selah. For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked the life of thee, and thou gavest it him, even length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty hast thou laid upon him. For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. For the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High he shall not be moved. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back, when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Verse 13, Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so will we sing and praise thy power. <coughs> Let's pray. <coughs> Father, again, we just thank you, Lord, for the privilege, Lord, of being your children, or the privilege of having opportunity uh, to serve you. <coughs> Lord, thank you that we can gather together tonight. Lord, each one that's faithful to be here tonight, each one that's uh, listening in. <coughs> Lord, we uh, thank you, dear God, that, uh, Lord, we can, uh, Lord, we look at this psalm tonight, and we just see all the good things in it. Lord, I'm glad that we can turn to the wonderful words of life, and Lord, find encouragement, <coughs> find strength, find wisdom, uh, dear God, and things to help us along the way. Lord, I think of those that are uh, have sickness, Lord, so much sickness among us right now. And I do pray, God, that you would uh, touch them and give a speedy recovery, that we could all be back together in the house of God on Sunday. Lord, I, I pray for uh, those that are traveling. Uh, yeah, Lord, I thank you for getting Sister Karen back uh, safely. Thank you for watching over. As everything went well for Sister Lynn today as she had her procedure. Thank you, Lord, that uh, Sonny's able to get some help and just continue to uh, work in his life. Lord, we think about this request. Lord, there were uh, the unspoken requests, Sister Judy and Sister Wendy. No doubt others have them. Lord, you know those needs, and Lord, we're asking you to step in whether it's physical, whether it's a financial, whether it's an important decision needs to be, whatever the case is, Lord, please uh, give uh, guidance there, uh, we pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, over the things for uh, Sharon and Eric as they have to close tomorrow, everything go uh, smoothly there. And uh, Lord, we do think of uh, Mike. Uh, Lord, I pray you'd touch him physically and uh, he and Deborah. And Lord, I'd be sure good to see them back in the house of God. Lord, we think of Patrick and Zach, Lord, working uh, their lives. 
And Lord, as uh, uh, Sister mentioned tonight, Lord, help us to be faithful to sow the seed of the Word of God. And Lord, not just us, but other churches of like faith. Lord, we sure like to see a stirring among your people, a stirring among the churches. Lord, we know if there's a stirring there, Lord, that can uh, uh, lead to a stirring among the lost uh, to have a desire, dear God, uh, to, uh, to come to you. So, Lord, help us to uh, pray about these things and trust you, Lord, to work and do, because we know that this is your will. It's your will. You're not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So, Lord, we know when we pray these things, we're praying in the will of God. So, again, now, Lord, we commit these things to you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we look at this uh, psalm tonight... And uh, an interesting psalm, but it can actually be looked at if you, if from three different perspectives. Now, we know that David is the author, so it can look, of course, from a, a Davidic way, if you want to look at it that way, and talk about uh, the triumph of David over his foes. So we can look at it in the context of David writing it, and it's talking about the victory that he got over his foes. And then also, uh, you look at this psalm, and then, of course, Psalm 22, Psalm... 23, and of course, they're uh, messianic because, you know, they also talk about the Lord and, of course, the triumph of Jesus over the world. But we can also look at it, we might call a sermonic, how it can apply to us as you look at this uh, psalm and uh, give some encouragement of the way to victory, the way to victory for God's people over their foes. Right. As our foes rise against us, as we are on our journey home. Amen. Thank God we're not there yet, but we're heading that way. Amen. We are on our journey home. So either way you look at it. Hey, we're excited about uh, David having victory over his foes. We're excited about uh, the future that one day the Lord, well, we know he already has it, but the unfolding of the Lord over having victory over the world. And then, of course, we can enjoy it in the present sense of, hey, us having victory in our life. Now, what's uh, interesting, Psalm 20, Psalm 20 is a prayer about preparing for battle, right? Think about this now. Psalm 20 is a prayer about preparing for battle. But Psalm 21 is a prayer and a praise after the battle. In other words, after the victory has been won, right? they've won their victory, and now they're given a prayer, and they're giving praise to God for the victory. So verse 20, I mean, Psalm 20 was one before the battle. Psalm 21 is one for after the battle. Now, that's something to think about because most people do a Psalm 20, right? Everybody does a Psalm 20, but then they usually forget to do a Psalm 21. Now, what do I mean by that? We pray when we know we are going to face something, or if we have a need, we pray, or if we're going through something, we pray. But once the battle has been won, or once the need has been met, we forget about the Psalm 21, about giving praise and thanksgiving for the victory. You know, Lord, do this. Lord, help me with this. And, you know, we're, we're quick to pray about that. And then he does it, and we're like, oh, well, okay. We go about our life and forget to do a Psalm 21 and uh, give him praise for that. You know, unfortunately, too many people sing the song of defeat. But we need to notice 
what God is doing about us and sing of his goodness. Yeah, we know the world's evil, but, right, we know that we are already on the winning side. I like this song, right? I'm, I'm on the winning side. I'm not on the side that's going to win. I'm on the winning side. So all around us, right, are blessings that have been purchased by Christ for his own. And so we just need to learn to be pay attention to that and look to the Lord and see his goodness. So we might say, Lord, Lord, open my eyes, open my eyes, right, and give us our spiritual sight to realize what you are doing all around us and for us. So let's uh, begin here for a moment, but notice the words in verse 3. Verse 3 says this, For thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Look at that again, for thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. Now, usually when we think about the word prevent, what do we think? We think, well, prevent them from doing that, stop them from doing that, hinder them from doing that, right? That's what we think of when we think of prevent. But that's not what the word means here. The word here actually means to go before. That's what the word means here. In this old word, it means to go before. So what it's saying here is, for thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness. So actually what this verse is saying, thou goest before him with the blessings of goodness, right? He's, he, he, he's preparing the way or he's going before his servant with the blessings of goodness. So we can say this, God prepares the path before him with God's goodness, God's blessing. In other words, as God's servant goes along, his path is strewn, if you will, with the blessings of goodness or the goodness of God. And uh, that's what God wants us to see, right? God is going before us. We know, uh, uh, know Psalm 23, right? How does it end? Certainly goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of our life. Like we talked about the other day, I'm glad we got them as rear security. But I was using that military term, right? When you have a team, right? The last guy is called rear security. He's supposed to sort of follow and see if anybody's trying to sneak up on you. But then you have the point man, right? You want that point man too because uh, you want to you catch anything as you go ahead. Well, the goodness of God is also our point man, if you will. It's going before us and it's preparing good things. So we see, we see the strength of his goodness there in verse 1. Notice this. It says, the king shall joy in thy strength. The king shall joy in thy strength. Well, you know, of course, if we're looking at it is, uh, in David's perspective, right, he's the king. But if we look at it from our perspective, we need to ask ourselves, hey, are we joying in the strength of God's goodness? Are we rejoicing in the strength of our God? Are we living like we believe our God is strong, right? And that our God is able to handle the things that are going on in our life. You know, too many believers, I believe, are living a defeated life because they're living. I think too many believers live like they have a weak Savior. 
Oh, yeah, you know, I know he purchased my salvation. Well, you know, okay, I got that. But then here you are when it comes to daily practical life, <coughs> we're living in defeat. Yeah, I got the victory, you know. I got it here, and then I'll have it when I get there. But, hey, this in between, well, there's a life of victory. And uh, we need to live like uh, uh, we have a strong God and a strong Savior. So how strong are these blessings of goodness? Well, they're as strong as the Lord. They are backed up by Almighty God and God's blessings of goodness. Well, they have heaven's guarantee. So as we talked about the other day, we're pilgrims. But as we go through our life as a pilgrim, as we go through our path as a pilgrim, we can know that the path that God has before us is filled with the blessings of goodness. And, you know, <clears throat> you know just sort of like, uh, you know, <clears throat> thinking about Ruth, you know, uh, you know, one day Boaz said to her, you know, go get the veil, you know, so she was going to get a big blessing. But that's sort of how uh, believers go through life. You know, they're always looking for that next big thing, that next big blessing. Well, what if Ruth said, oh, man, he, he, he filled my veil. So she just, you know, went through life and said, man, I can't wait for that the next time that, you know, I get a big blessing like that. Well, what, what, what was uh, uh, what did Boaz say to, to the reapers, right? Handfuls of purpose. Well, every day those handfuls of purpose were being thrown out for her. So every day she could go and reap those handfuls of purpose. Well, if she'd only looked for the time that, you know, she got a whole bucket full, so to speak, boy, she was going to miss out on all those things that were being thrown right there before her and being left for her on a daily basis. And I think so many times because... You know, we're always looking for some, so many people are looking for some big thing that they can tell other people about or some big thing. We're missing out on those little special things and blessings and goodness uh, that God is leaving there and doing for us on a daily basis. So we need to realize God is daily promised to uh, go before us with his blessings and goodness. Now, of course, we see uh, the products of his goodness. Look at verses five and six says, his glory is great in thy salvation. Honor and majesty has thou laid upon him, for thou hast made him most blessed forever, and thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. So we see here, of course, salvation we know that is a product of God's goodness, right? It's a product of the goodness of God as well as God's countenance. Romans 2, 4 says this, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing the goodness of God, leadeth thee to repentance. Why you say? Well, it was the goodness of God. Well, of course, it's the goodness of God that led us to salvation and everything that comes with salvation and after salvation is simply an overflow of God's goodness in our life. So his goodness led us to salvation and then it leads the way to more blessings as we walk faithfully with our God. Verse 7 says this, for the king trusteth in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Notice that statement. That word not be moved means to wobble, to waver. Remember the old toy? I don't know if they have it now. When I was a kid, they say, 
weebles wobble, but they don't <laughs> fall down. Who remembers that? Who remembers that toy? Oh, <laughs> did you have one? <laughs> did you have one? Huh? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, right. The kid. Oh, the kid. Yeah. <laughs> weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Right. Well, weebles may wobble, but they don't fall down. But you know what? <laughs> Christians, not only should they not fall down, but they're not supposed to wobble either. Right. <laughs> so weebles, it's OK if weebles wobble, but Christians aren't supposed to <laughs> supposed to wobble. Right. <laughs> so in other words, as I trust the Lord <laughs> and rest in his mercy, Right. Through the conditions and situations I face. Right. They will not cause me to waver or wobble in my faith because I will not question God. Now, look at look at uh, verse seven here. And why? Why will I not be moved? Well, look at look again at verse seven. You see the king trusteth in who? The Lord. Now, notice the Lord is all caps there. And we know when we see that, that that's a special name. And then it says, through the mercy of the Most High. Now, when you see uh, uh, the Lord in all caps there, well, what, what, what does that mean? What name is that? Jehovah. And Jehovah is what? The God of the covenant. The God of the covenant. Right? And then when you see that term Most High, that, that term means the God of who rules the world or the God who has the right to rule the world, the God with authority over the world. Well, why should I, why should I wobble when something's going on in my life or why should I waver when I have the God of the covenant and the God that is in control of all things in my life, right? I have the God of the covenant and the God who has all power in my life and, can, and controls all things. So one, <clears throat> he's the God of the covenant. And what happened? That salvation he provided for me in his goodness. Well, what, what did he do? What's part of that salvation? He made a covenant with me. God made a covenant with me when I got saved. God made a covenant with you when you got saved. And part of that was what? I'll never leave thee nor <coughs> forsake thee, right? That I'll take care of you, that I'll meet your needs, that I'll be there for you, right? So he made that covenant with me. <coughs> and though, and then I know that he reigns over all things. He has control of all things. <coughs> Nothing happens without his permission. So if I live in that conscious awareness <coughs> of that God being there for me and that God working on my behalf, that no matter what I'm going through, right, I shall not be moved, right? I can lean on that. I can rest in that. I can trust in that. So, Lord, I can say, Lord, my flesh wants to waver, right? My flesh wants to wobble. Lord, I'm looking at a situation here that just doesn't make sense for whatever reason, but, Lord, you made a covenant with me. And Lord, I know you're in control of all things at all times. I know your blessings of goodness go before me. And so, Lord, I'm leaning on you through this, and I shall not be moved. Now, not in the Baptist way, I shall not be. We know that's the Baptist anthem, right? I shall not be moved. We don't mean it in that way, but I shall not be moved because I'm trusting in the God of the covenant 
I'm trusting in the God who's in control of all things at all times, and that means he is in control of everything going on in my life. And so God is able to handle all things. Look at verses 8 through 12, where it talks about him defeating. Remember, this is a prayer of of victory. This is a praise of victory. And so he talks about that in verses 8 through 12. It says this, Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Now look at this. Thine hand shall find out. Listen, anything going on? Listen, anybody trying to come up against you? The Lord's going to find that out. Hey, if somebody's trying to do something against you, listen, God's already found it out. They may think, oh, nobody's going to find this out. Well, hey, buddy, somebody already found out. My God of the covenant, my God that is in control of all things, has already found out what my enemy is trying to slip in upon me. So he already found that out, right? Thy right hand shall find out those that hate me. So listen, listen, you will be found out, right? Be sure, the Bible says, your sin shall find you out. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth and their seed from among the children of men. So God can handle the enemies. Right? I like uh, uh, verse 11. Well, let me first of all say this. God is able to handle his enemies. Right? If we look at this in Messianic, this is what it tells us. God is able to handle his enemies. He handled David's enemies. He's able to handle his enemies. And so what does that mean? He's able to handle your enemies. He gave David victory over all his enemies. We already know the Lord has got victory over his enemies. And so we know, again, that we can claim victory over our enemies. And, of course, he's already won the greatest battle. Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold what? I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. The devil don't even have the keys to his own house, right? The Lord took him. He, God's got the keys to hell and death. So, I, But look at verse 11. I like verse 11. This would be a good verse for you to highlight. Look at what it says. Talking about the enemies. Talking about the enemies. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device, but look what happened, which they are not able to perform. Now what? They intended something. The enemy intended something. The enemy imagined something, but God says, you know what? They weren't able to perform it. Now, uh, uh, I love that. They intended, they, just, just look at these words. They intended, they imagined, but they weren't able to perform now, when we look at what all has happened in our life, we think, ooh, well, that's hard enough. <laughs> sure, we've all had hard things in our life. But imagine this. We can't, what we can't imagine is what else the devil intended. <clears throat> what else the devil imagined? I mean, you think, man, this is hard what came into my life. But can you imagine if the devil would have been able to do all he intended? If the devil would have been able to do all he imagined? <clears throat> I mean, look at Job. We see that. He wanted to do more. He came up there and he got away with something and he came back and he wanted to do more. And he, he would have kept doing more, but the Lord stopped him. So we think about, man, 
Lord, uh, uh, why did you let all these things in my life? Well, what if one day he shows us, well, listen, this is what he intended. This is what he imagined. But you know what? I didn't allow him to perform. So when we look back at what all has happened in our life, we say hard enough, again, we can't imagine what else the devil intended or imagined doing, but was not able to perform because the goodness of God, the blessings of God, <coughs> held Satan back. You see, Satan's desire <coughs> is to keep people blinded to the goodness of God that is unfolding in their lives. Satan will get people to downplay God's goodness and magnify the negatives. Here's what happened. God will bring blessings in your life, and you know what? The devil will make it look this big, right? And then something negative will happen in your life, and boy, he'll make it look this big. So it sort of reminds me of the, the joke, you know, where it says, they say, I won't say when women, but I'll say people. When people go shopping at the mall, a $100 bill looks this big, right? A $100 bill looks this big. But when they come to church and it's offering time, a dollar bill looks this big, right? Sorry, it's a preacher joke, right? But, you know, that's what the devil will do. When God's doing good things in your life, he'll try to, you know, oh, you know, that little thing, that little thing. But then something negative happens and all of a sudden, you know, it's... It's big, and he's trying to keep us blinded, right, and sidetracked from the goodness of God that is going on in our lives. He tries to get us to miss those handfuls of purpose that God is dropping off on a daily basis. What does, well, the Bible says he what daily loadeth us with his benefits. But like I always say, sometimes you forget to back the truck up, amen, and pick up the load. Satan wants believers. Why? Because Satan wants believers to live in defeat. Oh, you're a Christian? Well, how come you're always walking around negative? How come you're always complaining about something? How come I never hear something good out of you? Oh, ah, tell me how good your God is, right? That's what uh, people will uh, throw back at you, right? Satan wants believers to live in defeat. And unfortunately, many do, because their focus is not where it should be as a believer. So, it's a, again, it's a conscious decision. <clears throat> Make the conscious decision. Choose not to live in defeat. Choose to walk in the path that is filled with the goodness of God. <clears throat> and that's a good question. How much of God's goodness have you been consciously aware of in your life Recently, do you hear yourself talking more about the positive and good things of God or more about the negatives that uh, are going on in your life? What do you seem to focus on more? Turn over to Psalm 27 for a moment. I think that's Sister Amy's favorite psalm. Yeah, mine too. I, psalm 27 is just one of the great, the great psalms. Notice verses 11 through 14. Say this, Psalm 27, verse 11 says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Right? That's why he had to stay focused on that plain path. Deliver me not over, look at this, unto the will of my enemies. 
Lord, those things they intend, Lord, those things they imagine, boy, don't turn me over to that. For false witnesses are risen against me, and such as breathe out <coughs> cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Did you catch that in verse 13? I had fainted. Now, see if I read this right. I had fainted unless I had seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. That's not what it says. I had fainted unless I had what? <coughs> Believed to see. <coughs> Didn't just say I'd see him. It says, unless I had believed to see. <coughs> well, that all sounds good, preacher, but I don't see much goodness lately. Well, right there's your answer. <coughs> Believe to see. That's right. <coughs> you have to, you know, I know the world says seeing is believing, but what? no, what's the Bible teach? Believing is seeing. <coughs> you know? You see, to see right, you got to believe right. See, unless I had believed to see. So if you don't seem like you've seen much lately, well, check your faith level. Believe to see. Note, again, those words, believe to see. When we believe like we should, we will see what we should. Let me say that again. When we believe like we should, we will see what we should. Or say it this way again, believe right and you'll see right. Psalm 33, 5 says this. He loveth righteousness and judgment and the earth is what? Full of the goodness of the Lord. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. And God wants us to see it. But we, of course, we can, we can see it in his creation and other things. That's, that's there for people to see. But, of course, uh, the believer should see more. I mean, the Bible in, in Psalm 19, Brother Wood read it the other day, you know, there's goodness of God for the whole world to see. But as believers, we should see more of the goodness of God than others because they only have these, with these physical eyes, you can see a lot of the goodness of God. But, boy, add that a pair of uh, uh, faith eyes, and, boy, the goodness of God and all that's out there should just expand. Now, it's not about wearing, what they say, rose-colored glasses, but it is about seeing things through the rose. Jesus is the rose of Sharon, right? So do you wear rose-colored glasses? No, I just look through the rose, Jesus Christ. And through that rose, amen, I see, wow, the goodness and grace of God all around me and in my life. So David, of course, wrote this, go back to Psalm 21. You see, David, right, lived consciously aware of the goodness of God in his life. And so God, and God gave David rest from all his enemies. Second Samuel 7, 1 says this, and it came to pass when the king sat in his house and the Lord had given him rest about from all his enemies. Enemies. That's how the story ended for David. And we know that's how the story's going to end for the Lord, right? He should put all his enemies, right? <clears throat> right? In the footstool there, right? He's going to give him victory. And so the Lord wants us to live 
in victory as he gives, as he gives us victory over all our enemies and live a life filled with the blessings and goodness of God. That is what the Lord wants to do for us, a rest that brings peace and joy to the heart and soul. So as we go through life, we need to realize, amen, thou preventest him with the blessings of goodness, right? Doesn't stop him. No, that's not what it means there. Look that up and you'll see it means to go before, right? God, hey, when you get up today in the morning, God wants to go before you that day and prepare his blessings of goodness. So we need to say, Lord, help me to walk with the eyes of faith, except I'd believe to see. Lord, give me the faith to see. Lord, to take note of the little things around me. And of course, it's easy to spot the big things, but boy, when you miss the little things, you miss a lot of what God is doing in your life. And so, man, they again, Psalm 20 was before the battle, Psalm 21 after the battle. And so he gives God that praise. And boy, so Psalm 21 ends with a great verse. You might call it a victory. I look at it as a victory lap verse, if you will. Look at this. He says, man, God, you, 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 you're my strength. You're, you're my salvation. You're, Lord, you're the, you're, the, you're the God of the covenant, Lord. You've made a covenant with me. Lord, you're in control. Lord, I don't have to waver. I don't have to wobble. Lord, I know you're in control of all things. I know the devil has imagined this and the devil's intended this, but God, you've prevented them and you've watched over me. And Lord, you're going before me and you desire to fill my life with your blessings of goodness. Man, there's just one thing I can say, God. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. It's like he's just praying along and all of a sudden, man, he just, has, he just sort of ends up with a shout, amen. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. Lord, man, I tell you what, man, I, how, how, when you think about all that, man, Lord, you, you've saved me. Lord, I can trust in your strength. I can trust in the covenant you made with me. I can trust in your power. I can trust that you control the enemy. I can, uh, can trust that you're going before me in goodness. Lord, Lord, how can I not, amen, want to lift my hand and say, be thou exalted, Lord, no matter what's going on in my life, I can lift my hand and say, Lord, be thou exalted in thine own strength. Yeah, Lord, you're going to have to do it, amen. I don't have the, the strength and worthiness. And you know what? When you do, Lord will sing and will praise and will brag on your power. So what a wonderful thought as we think about God going before us. Listen, God's got good things for us on a daily basis. And man, no matter what is going on, say, listen, right there you say, hey, it could be worse. Amen. We don't know what God's uh, held, had the, held back from us and whatever he has allowed. Listen, we're going to trust him with it. We're not going to wobble. Amen. But with the eyes of faith, we're going to see God's goodness through this situation and trust him with it. Let's pray.